Thanks for tuning in to join us on this broadcast of Power Walk, brought to you by Dr. Paul Cannings. The holidays can be difficult for many people. Many are lonely, facing losses in their family, or struggling with health challenges. So how can we possibly be thankful, you say? Well, Pastor Cannings brings us this series from Philippians 4, verses 8 and 9, on the foundational building blocks for giving thanks. His talk for part four of this series is focus on the things that are lovely. Pastor Cannings. Finding peace can really be a chore for some of us, especially during this time of the year. We want to find peace. We want to have great times with our family. We want to relax and do the best we can to make a new normal normal. But there's some people missing at the table. There's some people we love dearly that are not there. What they cook for us in the Thanksgiving meal, that somebody else had to do it, and it don't taste the same, even though it may be close because they're trained, that person. Uh, you know, those things have happened, and some people are in the hospital, so Thanksgiving is not great because that person is in the hospital and in dire health. There's all kinds of things in this new normal that could make a verse like, in all things give thanks, a ridiculous verse to us. That God would actually say that verse, in all things give thanks. This is my will for you. He said it to folks in Thessalonica, and they, those people were going through tremendous trials, hardship, difficulties. And then he says, don't quench the Holy Spirit. What he's saying is do these things, because not doing these things would quench the Holy Spirit. If we quench the Holy Spirit, as we've been talking about all week, then arriving at peace is not going to happen, because the fruit of the Spirit is peace. Peace is not a feeling. Peace is a person. It's the Holy Spirit. The very nature of the Holy Spirit is peace. That's why it's one fruit that produces different characteristics. It's a fruit of the Spirit. When we come to this time of the year, don't come to it as if God's will didn't happen. He allowed what took place to happen. And since he's allowed it to happen, even though I can't comprehend it, I must so trust him that I can rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. So it's not like Paul is writing to us when everything is a cakewalk, he's having a wonderful life, and he's caught up in the third heavens and sending a note back down to the Philippian believers. No, they're meeting him in house arrest between two soldiers. That's where he is when he says this. How could this person, so full of the Spirit, arrive at peace? What are these building blocks that ignite the Holy Spirit so a person ends up at peace, no matter what's going on? He says, right here for us. Whatsoever things are honest, whatever things are just, it's going to be truthful, and it has to be right. It's got to be based on God's Word. The just shall live by faith. Word of God comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God is faith. So, therefore, we back to the Spirit again. He's saying, whatever things are pure, who's the Holy Spirit? Holy. The more I develop a pure life, we explained that yesterday, how that comes out. What are the pillars of things that lead to us becoming pure? And we went down the litany of those things in First Peter chapter 1, verse 3 through 11. And he comes forward again by saying, whatever things are lovely, now, 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 please, when you come to this word lovely, please understand, he shouldn't be writing this word because he has two soldiers next to him. Apparently, they're not like mean soldiers because people brought him resources. The Philippians and the Macedonians brought a chapter four, brought him resources. He's able to write these four letters, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. So it could be that a mean situation, but the enemies that are against Paul, they're pretty mean. They're trying to destroy him, period. They're trying to destroy him. That's why he's under house arrest. They, no matter where he goes, they follow him. Trying to destroy Paul's reputation, calling him a thief, everything else you could think of. They were constantly coming against Paul. But Paul says, what if it's lovely? Really? What are you talking about lovely? 
Ah, Paul is back to what brings me peace. Because when I have peace, I can think better. When I have peace, I am so influenced by the Holy Spirit, so drunk with Him, I have wisdom. I can be more effective. When I have peace, the Bible is saying, yes, peace means I'm not fighting towards strife. It doesn't mean that a person doesn't say what they need to say. Christ would say, yeah, you fighters. You people that are evil. You are false teachers. I mean, Christ spoke directly, but he wasn't doing it to create strife. So the focus of not seeking to create strife, that's why it's the shoes of peace. Not seeking to create strife is because the person is seeking to do the will of God under the direction of the Holy Spirit. When they're doing that, their focus is not strife. Their focus is doing what is honest, what is just, what is right, what is true, leading to what is lovely. So what does lovely mean? Well, there's two passages of scripture that we could actually look at in order to define when something is lovely. It's the first place I'd like to go to uh, is Matthew chapter 22, verse 36 through verse 40. Because Jesus Christ tells us that once we've done these verses, we have basically totally wrapped up the Old Testament in these verses. So we go to verse 37. He says, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. Love here. He says, Those who love me will keep my commandments. Well, when you go back to Philippians, and you start looking at these building blocks that help us in the midst of these troubling, turbulent times that we live in, and he's telling us we're going to continue to live in those times, because these are the last days. Anything after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ is the last days, because his coming is whenever he chooses to come. So if we don't learn this trait, then we, perhaps we will always struggle with experiencing the God of peace. So that's why he's saying, if you love me, what would happen? To love me is to keep my commandments when I keep his commandments. Guess what? Who develops inside of me when I practice the word of God? The Spirit. If I love the Lord with all my heart, my soul, and my mind, guess what happens? I'm going to live right. I'm going to live honest. I'm going to live just. I'm going to end up pure. Because the Spirit of God keeps transforming me as I renew the mind. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. So one of the things he's telling me is when we get saved, because we believe that Christ died for our sins, rose from the dead, we believe that in our hearts we are committed to turn our lives over to him, not our confession. A confession doesn't save us. Many, many say, Lord, Lord, but few will enter to the kingdom of heaven. But those who are committed to do the will of God, who do show an interest in it, have a desire for it, who thirst for the word of God like a baby thirsts for milk, that kind of person is demonstrating their saved. That's why he says you know them by their fruit, not their confession. But how they live their lives, the decisions that they make, the convictions that they experience. I says you'll know these people. So a person who is, has the Holy Spirit in them and then willfully decide to demonstrate their love for God by the way they obey Him and keep. Meaning, when the emotions are this way, the emotions are that way, when my feelings are this way, my insecurities are here, my anxieties are here, when my fears are driving me in one direction, when depression may hit me from time to time, I choose to come back to what the Word of God is saying and build a hedge around my commitment to just continue to preserve in the Word of God no matter how crazy that may seem. He would teach us that. He says, that's why he says, with all my heart, because the anxiety could take it away. The fears could take it away. The frustrations could take it away. That's why he says, build a hedge around that. In First John, he would say, this is how I come to know him. I come to know him when I keep his word. Chapter 2, verse 3 through 4. He that said, I know, I know him, and keep it not his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Who's the spirit? The spirit of truth is not functioning in him. But whoever keeps his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. So now God helps me to keep the word. 
God empowers me because the Spirit of God reminds me of the Word of God. The Spirit of God guides me to truth. He illuminates the Word of God. He transforms me. He puts more powerful movement of the Holy Spirit in me so the flesh don't have the same influence in me. So the flesh is no longer having the same kind of influence and the same kind of power. So the Spirit of God is He who is within me, both to will and to do for His good purposes. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 through 13, because I'm working out my salvation in fear and trembling. So since I'm functioning in this way, He's saying, this person is the person who God is perfecting. And because God is perfecting this person, as a result of God perfecting them, they do what's lovely. They start to act out the very nature you see Christ on the cross. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. I'll see you in paradise. Take care of my mama. You'll see this lovely nature coming out of them because the Spirit of God has the very same nature as Christ does. That Spirit begins to dominate the life. And when that happens, he says, thereby know he that we are in him. We are now so denying ourselves, picking up this cross and following him that because as a result of that, I no longer do me. I deny myself because I'm now in him because I've chose to get within the fear of God and who he is by practicing his word, by abiding in him, verse 6 says. And as a result of that, I walk, I practice, I develop a lifestyle that's like that. And that's why he says, Matthew chapter 22, verse 37, he says, Thou shalt love the Lord all thy heart and soul and with your soul, your day-to-day -day life, your day-to-day -day breath. And he says, with all thy mind, because you're going to keep the word of God. Don't let the mind be tossed everywhere. Whatever things are true, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are right, fix your mind on those things. Fix your mind. Don't let the heart take it away. He says, and the second is like the first. Basically, it's like the first. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. So in order for me to be lovely, the person I'm loving on is God, not the neighbor first. So if the neighbor is acting this way or that way or saying some ugly things or the neighbor on the next cubicle is just abusive in the words they use or the supervisor is acting crazy or the husband or the wife is talking crazy, the Bible says, go to loving God first. What is God telling me to do? As a result of that, guess what I'm doing? Whatever is true, whatever is honest, whatever is just, whatever things are pure, so whatsoever things are lovely comes out of me. It's not me. It's the fruit of the Spirit is love. That's what's coming out. That's why I don't have to be these things. Paul says, I become drunk with him. And I can love like him. First John chapter 4, verse 7 through verse 11 tells me, this is how I get to know God. No means I get to have an intimate relationship with God. So life is more about who he is, what he's doing in me. What he's telling me to do doesn't mean we don't have our moments. That's why Paul says, pray in everything, supplicate. We have our moments. I don't get all worked up that I, I've had a very anxious time. I've, I'm stressed. No, I said, God, I flunked that test. I don't want to experience that test again. Prepare me to do better. Forgive me, God. I didn't respond properly. But God, the next time around, bless me to trust you. Teach me how when I'm full of anxiety and stress. Teach me how to be lovely. Stay focused. Thank you, Pastor Kennings. Now for this sermon series or any of our resources, call us at 281-260-7402. That's 281-260-7402. Our mailing address is Power Walk Ministries, P.O. Box 920-517, Houston, Texas, 77092. You'll also find us online at powerwalkministries.org. That's powerwalkministries.org. And now once again, here's Pastor Cannings with a brief word. I would like to thank many of you who stuck with us this year. It has been a blessing. It has blessed us to get a lot done. 
It blessed us to get to Guyana. It blessed us to get to Africa. It blessed us to now have a partnership with Baptist Fellowship Association and United Baptist Conference. You've blessed us to be able now to have a relationship where we're now training pastors and leaders around the country and around the world. And these relationships continue to be established in places like Ohio, in places like Sedine, in Spring City, Tennessee. You have blessed us to get that done. And I first want to just say thanks to you. If without your gift, we wouldn't be on television, which draws people to those conferences and help pastors to see us and leaders to see us. You wouldn't be on radio, and whether it's Moody or whether it's Salem, whether it's TWR, across the country and across the world. So I pray in the name of Jesus that you would now continue that process next year. We need to raise $550,000. We pray that you would be a blessing to God for us to get this done now. So join us. Go to our website, powerwalkministries.org, powerwalkministries.org. You can do a QR code, PayPal, credit card. You could do different things to give to us. Come and get on our mailing list. 7350 TC Jester Power Walk Ministries, Houston, Texas, 77088. Get on our mailing list. Write in to us. It helps us to stay encouraged and to stay focused. Thank you so much for supporting us. Thank you for staying this journey with us. It is so encouraging. Thank you. Stay focused. Thank you, Pastor Cannings. To get in touch with our ministry, call us at 281-260-7402 or go to powerwalkministries.org. And now remember, as we nurture our relationship with Jesus Christ, He replaces our anxieties and negativity with His nature, which is everything good and lovely. On behalf of all of us at Power Walk Ministries, we wish you and your family a very happy Thanksgiving.